Welcome to our last day of week four, looking through the book of Acts together, chapter 18 today. And as I indicated yesterday, one title you might give to this chapter and one of the events that happens in this chapter is Paul hits the wall. You might think that the Apostle Paul was some kind of perfect believer who never struggled in his faith. Well, if you think that, you've never read closely the letters of Paul. And if you have read those letters, had the opportunity to do it, you see he faced discouragement. You see he faced difficult times. And we see one of those points of discouragement in this chapter. In chapter 18, Paul comes to Corinth. And the trip, the second missionary trip to this point, has not been an easy one. They've wanted to go certain places, and God has said no. They went into Macedonia, and they were chased out of Macedonia. Bad enough, but then even worse, especially for Paul, such an activist, he goes into Athens, and he's pretty much ignored. A few people come to faith, but they don't even, they don't even give him attention. They just ignore him. You read between the lines of what's happening here, and Paul's confidence in what he's doing for God is just about on empty. What does God do for him? What does God do for you when your spiritual confidence is running on empty? Well, two things happen in this chapter. Two things that God does for Paul and two things that God will do for you in your life. First, for Paul, God refreshes him through relationships. He wants to do that in your life too. You are not doing this job of faith alone. You're not living the life of faith alone. So when you get on empty, get around other people. Don't try to live it alone. God refreshes him through relationships. Chapter 18, verse 1. After this, Paul left Athens and he went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had ordered all the Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them, and because he was a tent maker as they were, he stayed and he worked with them. Priscilla and Aquila become good friends of Paul, and they are ministry partners. They even more than that, become close friends, and they work together. They make tents together. Here is Paul at a point of discouragement in his life and ministry, and he finds some friends, and God refreshes his life through those friends. They just do some simple work together, and in doing that simple work, they talk about God and who he is. Now, Paul continues to preach and teach during this time. He's preaching and teaching in season and out of season, even when he feels like it, even when he doesn't feel like it. But I believe that this relationship with Priscilla and Aquila God designed it for Paul. God used Priscilla and Aquila in his life to bring him encouragement. God refreshes him through relationships. What does God do when your spiritual confidence is on empty? He gives you just the right relationship. Look for those people in your life that can build you up. You certainly don't need those people who are tearing you down, who are sucking the life out of you when you're spiritually on empty. Look for some people who will build you up. Make some tents with some people. God refreshes you through relationships. And then a second thing happens to Paul. God gives him a new vision. Once he's refreshed, it often happens this way. First you get refreshed, then you get the vision. You're not ready for the vision until you're refreshed. First he gets refreshed and then a new vision. Verses nine to 11. One night, the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. For I am with you. And no one is going to attack and harm you because I have many people in this city. So Paul stayed for a year and a half teaching the word of God. A year and a half in Corinth. He comes in in discouragement. He's been chased out of this city, not listened to in that city. And now all of a sudden, he spends the longest time he has in a city, a year and a half preaching the word of God, telling them the good news of what God is doing. Amazing. He had no idea the doors that God was going to open. God knew. 
And because he knew what he was going to do, he gives him an assurance in this vision. Now, for Paul, his visions were often very, very immediate and also very clear. He didn't have the Bible like we do. You and I can pick up the New Testament and read Paul's vision, and we can get our vision from Paul's vision. You think, why doesn't God do the same thing for me as he did for Paul? Well, one of the reasons is he did it for Paul. So you can learn from it, so I can learn from it. And what do I need to learn from this vision that was given to Paul? There are four assurances in this message, assurances that you might need to hear today. If you're spiritually on empty right now, listen to these four assurances. It's the assurance of God's perspective, the assurance of God's plan, the assurance of God's presence, and the assurance of God's providence. First, God's perspective. God's perspective is in the word, the four words, do not be afraid. Now, why would God tell Paul not to be afraid? Because he was afraid. There's no need to say do not be afraid unless you are afraid. You think the Apostle Paul never faced fear? He certainly did here. But it doesn't seem like he's under attack at this moment. It's not fear for his life in the same way as some other cities. It seems like he's afraid that the ministry won't go forward. He's afraid that maybe he won't have as much impact as he hoped he would have in ministry. Now, alongside of that, there may very well be the fear of what might happen to him physically. We don't know, but he's faced it again and again. And sometimes you can only face it so many times and you think, I just can't face it one more time. I'm afraid of one more word of criticism. I'm afraid of one more failure in that ministry. I'm, a, I'm afraid that I'll, I'll go one more time and, and the people won't show up. I'm afraid of it happening again, Lord. Whatever it was, God said to Paul, do not be afraid. Now, what's the answer to fear? It's always love. We're told in 1 John that love always conquers fear. Fear and love cannot live in the same heart. So what do you do? You remind yourself of the love of God that will never fail you. That is God's perspective. Don't live in fear. Live in love. That's the assurance you might need to hear today. The second thing that God says to Paul is about God's plan. He says to him, keep on speaking. Well, that's what he's been doing. So essentially, God says to Paul, keep on doing what you've been doing. That's my plan for you. I have found in my life so many times when I'm facing a fear, when I'm spiritually on empty, I'm always looking for some new thing that God wants me to do. And when I finally get myself to a place to listen, to let go of the fear and to listen to the Lord, I found so many times he says, no, just keep doing what you're doing, but do it with my heart. Keep on doing what you're doing. This new vision that God has for you may be to keep on doing what you're doing, mom, and raising those kids or dad and being with those kids. Maybe to keep on doing what you're doing in that business and having that integrity in a tough place. We want the new thing. God just wants us to live in a new way. So God's plan is keep on, keep on speaking. Maybe you need that assurance today. The third assurance that God gives to Paul in this short message is the assurance of God's presence. He says, for I am with you. I am with you. And whatever you're doing, remember, I'm right there. I'm right with you. Well, that's our promise as believers today. God's spirit is with you. God is with you. You are a temple of God's Holy Spirit. There's nowhere that you can go that he is not with you. You may feel alone at times. I sure do, but you're never alone. You may not feel his presence at times, but his presence is there. And in assurance, you remind yourself, God is with me even here. God is with me even now. That's the assurance you need today. God is with you. That's the assurance you need today. Keep on. That's the assurance you need today. Don't be afraid. And then there's a fourth assurance, the assurance of God's providence. 
God's provision, God's meeting of the needs. In this case, he says to Paul, it's very practical for Paul, no one's going to attack you and harm you because I have many people in this city. Now, that's what indicates to me that Paul may have been afraid not only of an ineffective ministry, but also of being harmed because God says no one's going to attack you or harm you. He's tired of being attacked and harmed. So God says, I'm going to not let that one happen here. So keep on speaking here. Don't go somewhere else. God knew he wanted him to stay a year and a half. That was God's provision for him in that city. Now, Paul's going to go to other cities where he gets attacked. So it's not that he's never going to get attacked for his faith again. God is just saying, I'm going to meet the need that you have to do the ministry that I need you to do. So don't be afraid. God's providence in your life. Providence means that God's going to meet the need that you have to do what he has for you to do. He's promised to give bread on a daily basis to meet our needs. He promised to give direction on a daily basis, one step at a time, to meet our needs. So you hang on to that. Even when you're confused, you hang on to, God, I'm going to keep doing what you've shown me to do to this point, and if you want me to do something different, I'm going to rely on the fact that in your providence, you will show me the next step to take. You rely on God's providence by saying, God, I don't see how you're going to meet this need for what you've asked me to do, but you've asked me to do it. So I'm going to take the step of faith, and if if you don't show up, if you don't provide, I'm going to fall flat on my face. But I'd rather do that than not take the step of faith. Through the rest of this chapter, Acts chapter 18, Paul is going to face many challenges amidst the miracles that God works. But he faces them with a new, with a genuine confidence because of this encounter with God. Let's take a moment to pray together. And as we pray, my prayer is that even in these few moments, you would have an encounter with God right now. That you'd listen to these assurances in your life. God says to you, here's my perspective. Don't be afraid. Here's my plan. Keep on doing what I've asked you to do. Here's my promise. I am with you promise of his presence. And here's my providence. I will meet the need of the day for what I want you to do. Our Father, you are the provider. You are with us. You have the plan. You see the perfect perspective. So we hold on to who you are right now. I pray for myself. I pray for us together that even as Paul had this vision that you would bring new vision into our lives, a vision of who you are and what you want us to do. Lord, that tank that's spiritually almost on empty, fill it right now through your promise, through your presence, through your providence. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Next week, as we continue our study in the book of Acts, we'll be in chapters 19 to 23. We're going to see that the attacks on Paul become even more personal but the power of what God is doing in his life becomes even more evident. Join us next week, chapters 19 to 23. 